Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week, we're going to be recapping the 2019 movie, Someone Great, starring Gina Rodriguez, DeWanda Wise, and Brittany Snow. Yes, I like how you did not mention the guy at all. You're just like irrelevant. Oh, his name is (laughs) Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. Well, the reason I say that is because the movie is a breakup movie. The movie is a breakup movie. I feel like that's the funeral that brings everyone together. But the movie is really about three best friends. Are you aware of how this movie is Taylor Swift adjacent? No. I am so excited to tell you this. So when Taylor Swift was promoting the Lover album, Mm -hmm. she went on the Ellen show, I think it was, and she said that the song Death by a Thousand Cuts, which I love that song, it's one of my favorites, that song was inspired by this movie. (gasps) I do love that song. And the wild thing is, the director of the film said that the whole movie was inspired by the 1989 album. (gasps) Oh my god. So it was like this circular thing. (laughs) Did you hear the news? Okay, that's why I wanted to bring it up. We had to have a little funeral to mourn. A little moment of silence? A little moment of silence to mourn the death of a relationship that I have no part in. Taylor and Joe are no longer Taylor and Joe. They are Taylor and then they are Joe. Okay, so (laughs) you always say things in the weirdest (laughs) way possible. Taylor and Joe have broken up. Taylor Swift was dating British actor Joe Owen for about six years now. Mm -hmm. And he was the inspiration behind all of the love songs on Reputation, on Lover. And girl, I thought they were married already. I thought they had a secret baby. Yeah, I honestly thought like, wow, Taylor is doing really good covering up this marriage. You know, she's taking the ring off and everything like, (laughs) no, they have broken up. And from what I've read, it wasn't dramatic. They have just decided mutually that the relationship had run its course. And I want to be like, um, double check. Yeah, double check that. No, but girl, that's kind of how it happens. And honestly, it's so parallel to this movie because not only did Taylor Swift write a really good song inspired by a movie that was inspired by her album, but also the movie is kind of parallel to her current situation right now. Yeah, the movie kind of centers around Jenny and Nate. They are the couple that kind of sets off the whole movie. They met in college and this kind of really hit it off. So they were together for seven years. They had this really sweet relationship. And then Uh she got a job in San Francisco. She has to move from New York City, where she's lived her whole life, to San Francisco. The reason she's making such a big life decision is that Jenny got a job at Rolling Stone, working with music, which is what she's always wanted to do. Yes, she's a music reviewer. Yeah, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, who's going to turn that down? Nobody. Nate is not asking her to turn it down, which I appreciate Mm -hmm. because I think there are men out there that would do the guilt trip of like, oh, you're choosing Mm -hmm. this job over me. And he's not. He's just saying like, hey, I understand you have to move for this job. I just don't think we should try to make this work. And obviously, after seven years together, Jenny is devastated. Well, seven years is a long time. And I think the hard thing, too, it's like when you're in a relationship where nothing dramatic happens, although a big Mm -hmm. move is dramatic, but it's not relating to the relationship itself. I think those are the hardest breakups because sometimes relationships are not working, but people are waiting for a sign like, oh, he did something or I did something But there was nothing big here aside for her needing to move, which I guess is the catalyst. Am I the only one that finds it weird that they weren't living together after seven years? 
I thought they were because I see them waking up together a lot. Yeah, but he has his apartment and she has her apartment. Listen, goals, I really think if you could keep your independence until you're married, you're 100% should. Mm. Because imagine how awkward it is. This happens to people all the time. They're living together and then they break up and then they have to live with their ex. No, I always recommend living together before you get married because what if they have bodies in their basement? Yeah, like what if their like habits are just something that drive you like quietly crazy and you don't even know until after you're already married. That's true. I always recommend test driving that car before you buy it. Listen, if you have any other questions on (laughs) test driving relationship cars, (laughs) you can email Courtney, relationshipguru at gmail.com. Don't ask me for advice. I'm going to get you in trouble. She's going to ask you to burn some sage while your boyfriend is sleeping and whisper things in his ears when he enters REM sleep, like engagement Mm -hmm. rings, proposal ideas. Settling down. Greek food. (laughs) (laughs) Date night at a Greek restaurant. (laughs) Salsa dancing. So yeah, so Nate and Jenny, they break up before the movie starts. But we, you know what I love? There's this really cool montage early on in the Uh movie that shows the progression of their relationship. And it shows, you know, how they met at this party and they have so much fun together. They hooked up the first night, but they just... They're like best friends. They graduated together. Uh It shows how supportive he's been of all the promotions she gets at work. It just seemed like a very wholesome relationship. It also shows, you know, some of their disagreements. It does. Jenny was very ambitious at work and... Mm -hmm. Nate started to get a little bit resentful of her because she was spending time doing work rather than with him. Or he took her to like a dinner with his coworkers and he's like, you were on your phone all night. She's like, I can't ignore texts from my editor. Dude, I'm trying to think of the song quote. I feel like there's a song lyric that talks about how men love ambitious women until it's their ambitious woman. Until it's their ambitious woman, but until the woman's ambitions overshadow him. Okay, I found it. So it's called Breadwinner by Casey Musgraves. Mm -hmm. And the chorus goes, he wants a breadwinner. He wants your dinner until he ain't hungry anymore. He wants your shimmer to make him feel bigger until he starts feeling insecure. Yes. That song was really popular on TikTok for a while. I think it Mm -hmm. resonated with a lot of women to where it was like men talk about how sexy and assertive, ambitious woman is until Mm -hmm. he's over it. Yeah. Until he feels like he's being outshined, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, 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 remember your place. Remember your place. (laughs) The kitchen. The kitchen. The house of representatives. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, take your shoes off. Anyways, no, that's exactly what happened. Because we do see flashbacks of him saying he doesn't know what to do with his life. He feels really lost and I feel like he feels even more insecure in the relationship because she's going and getting that bread. Right. And he's not. He doesn't really give a reason to why he won't go with her to San Francisco because it seems like she is ready to like be the provider to take care of him. And it doesn't seem like it's his job keeping him in New York City. Mm Mm-mm. But I also get it. Being expected to move your life across the country, that's a lot. Well, especially they're not married. Yeah. They don't even live together. So we can't we can't be mad at him, but we will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will be. We know it's not fair, but we don't make the rules. We don't make the rules. We must take the woman's side always. Yeah. 
We support women's rights and women's wrongs. (laughs) That's right. Preach. The two best friends of Jenny are Aaron and Blair. Aaron is this really pretty lesbian. Yeah, she has this gorgeous curly hair and all this sassy attitude. I honestly like she's like big and hot too. Like she is. Yeah, she's pretty hot. And then we have Blair, who's played by Brittany Snow. So she looks like a girl next door. I think everyone has a friend like Blair, who's just that friend who's just like, hey, guys, should we be doing this? Like, oh, I don't know. But like she goes along with it anyway. But she's that friend who's always kind of looking around and feels self-conscious about being friends with crazy people. But bitch, you're friends with crazy people. But she's she's also the mom friend of yeah, the group. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when the movie starts, Blair and Aaron figure out really quickly just through social media posts that Jenny and Nate broke up. Uh-huh. This is the thing, right? It's like they're immediately like, oh, my God, this is going to affect our lives now for the next couple months. Yeah, they're like, this is about to be a shit show. There's an energy toward friendship that people have. And maybe it happens before marriage, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. like you have so much energy to baby your friends. Yes. Because these girls are ready to like put their lives on hold to help their friend through a breakup, which I love, but can't relate. (laughs) Could you imagine being like, hey, babe, Courtney and Frank broke up. I have to go to Kentucky. I have to go fly to Kentucky. (laughs) He would be like, oh, that's what FaceTime is for. No. Well, that's funny because no, that's exactly it. Because I literally have friends going through divorces and I'm like, oh, babe, like I'm here for you a couple hours a week here and there between text messages when I can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like life goes on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also, I feel like we're in different positions. We don't. These women don't have kids. Right. That's it. That's it. I feel like kids just drain your energy from caring about other people's drama. That's fair. Jenny video calls Blair and Aaron. Jenny's sitting on her couch with a bottle of whiskey that has like three straws in it. And she's Mm -hmm. just like sipping on that. I could never. Sucking whiskey up through a straw. There's just something sociopathic about that. And she's like, hey, she's like, guess what? We're going to go to Neon Classic, which I guess is a music festival. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, that's like today. And Blair's like, oh, no, I have stuff at work I got to do. Blair is the responsible friend. She's like, no, bitches, I have work. But Aaron shows Mm -hmm. up at Jenny's place and Jenny's just Mm -hmm. having like a sad dance party. Well, first of all, she's dancing to the bad bitch song. Because it's that thing to where like you're dancing to a song that's supposed to make you feel like a bad bitch, but you're a sad bitch because you're drinking whiskey through a straw in your underwear. You know what? Let's give props to Aaron because Aaron walks in and immediately is like, okay, could have been a bad bitch. (laughs) So this movie is kind of structured the way that a breakup feels, which I think is Mm -hmm. very powerful. Which is that Jenny is, you know, she's trying to rally up her friends Mm -hmm. to have this big last hurrah. But she keeps having little flashbacks because everything around her is going to remind her of a moment in her relationship. Yeah, because when your life is so intertwined with someone else, like the bodega down the street, you guys always used to go there. Mm -hmm. You know, you have memories to like 47 different songs. Right. You know, like they introduced you to Indian food and now you think of Indian food and you can never eat it again. I feel like the only way to get over a relationship of seven years is just to fake your death and move to another country and just start fresh. Just start fresh. Jenny has her choice of countries, too. She speaks Spanish. Yes. (laughs) So she could easily blend. Right, 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 right. 
Aaron and Jenny are, you know, they're just like, they're all gassed up, right? They're drinking and they're like, mm-hmm. you know what? We have to go get Blair. Like Blair's at work yeah. being responsible, doing a presentation for her coworkers. Like, fuck that. We got to go in there and disrupt shit. Jenny and Aaron go to Blair's work. Yeah. Blair's giving a presentation in a conference room. Blair sees the girls. The girls see Blair. She continues on. And then Aaron's like, no, fuck this. I can't. So she goes and bangs on the window and she's like, hey, your aunt died. You need to get out here. Aaron confesses to Blair she is drowning, trying to keep Jenny above water. It's kind of an all hands on deck situation. And I think mm-hmm. Aaron is like, wait a minute. Why am I the one bearing the full the full responsibility of the sad drunk girl? It's a mm-hmm. lot of responsibility. Sad drunk girls are the most dangerous species. Listen, a sad drunk girl is capable of literally anything. She needs multiple babysitters to keep her from doing something crazy. You need one to keep her from actually drowning in like a literal <laughs> body of water. And you need another one to make sure that there is a constant intake of Food, water, alcohol. In that order. Food, water, alcohol. Right. Food, water, alcohol. Right. Okay? Because if she gets too sober, she's going to start crying again. If she gets too drunk, she's going to start crying again. You need to keep her in that range yeah. of alcohol to water to food consumption. Jenny tells them that she has scored them tickets to her job to this big concert. Yeah. So she was supposed to get tickets from work. And then they tell her, hey, listen, we actually over allocated these and you were the last one. So you're not on the list. Now her job doesn't have tickets for her. And so she's like, it's cool. Like I found a guy on Craigslist. Yeah. Ma'am, it's 2019. Get off of Craigslist before you get murdered. Uh, Right. They're like, no, we're going to get these tickets from Craigslist. She goes, I got an advance from the Rolling Stone. I'll pay for it. My treat. Mm-hmm. And they're walking down the middle of the street in New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've been to New York. It's been 18 years. Didn't you get robbed last time you went? It was a very non-dramatic rob. Okay. Okay. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite kind of And technically, I didn't really get robbed. Like, I gave them the money. They just didn't work at the table where I was trying to buy something. (laughs) (laughs) That is so you. That is the most you type of robbery I've ever heard. I did. I was like, is this your table? Like, do you work here? And he was like, yeah, I work here. So I just gave him a 20 and he just walked away and he never came back. Nice. You're the kind of victim no one feels sorry for. (laughs) Listen, I had been living in the Midwest For two years at this point, okay? (laughs) I was confused. I I forgot my ghetto for a second, okay? Yeah, I got you. So these three girls, they end up at some rich... I don't know if this guy is rich. He seems like kind of like some sort of YouTuber, weird dude. He's the dude from Craigslist that they're supposed to get these tickets from. And dude, first of all, he looks like he's 20. Yeah, he's really young. He has like a guy passed out on a couch. It's this huge studio apartment that's full of like like techie stuff. Yeah, there's two other guys just sitting playing games on another couch. Million Dollar Baby over here is riding a hoverboard through his apartment. Right. He's like, you can smoke anything on the table. You guys want a drink? Go make a plate. It's like suspicious in the opposite way than you would think of when mm-hmm. going to meet somebody from Craigslist. You know, it's a little too it's a little too good to be true. This guy's literally like, I will give you free food. I'll give you free drugs. I look really innocuous. I, I you look know? really innocuous. Blair just kind of sits down like off to the side by the other girls make a plate. They're like talking about the weed on his table. They're like, oh my God, this is the Beyonce weed ban. Yeah. And which I guess is like really high class weed. So obviously this guy sells more than just concert tickets on Craigslist. Like he obviously mm-hmm. sells drugs. Million dollar babies. Like, listen, you know, my friend George came over earlier um, and I gave the tickets to him. 
Jenny's getting ready to stab him in the face. She's homicidal now. She's so pissed at this guy. Aaron has to hold her back. So on their way out, she steals a bottle of tequila. She's like, I'm taking this. He's like, I would have just given it to you if you asked. But if yeah. you want to live by violence. <laughs> yes. So they get out in the hallway. And then Blair, first of all, they've all been drinking and they've all been smoking weed already. Okay. Yeah. And Blair comes out into the hallway. And she's like, also, she's like, I stole his Beyonce weed. Yes. Well, now they don't have tickets. Now they have to DM a guy named Matt, which they all hate because yes. Jenny used to have a crush on him in college and he was just like a fuck boy that just played with her he's a club promoter or something so he has access so matt says yeah come on down to my office i'll get you the wristbands so right now there are two separate missions one they need to send somebody down to brooklyn to get the wristbands and Blair volunteers. Right. That leaves Aaron, who has to stay with Jenny, because we can't let Jenny go off on her own right now. Right, 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 right. Anybody who's ever dealt with a friend breakup, you know, you can't leave them alone. And so Blair heads her ass on down to Brooklyn. Blair, who's supposed to be the good girl, she has a little bit of a... Good girl Blair. <laughs> good girl Blair has a little bit of a secret. She has an alter ego. My drunk alter ego is Whitney. <laughs> nice. Blair's drunk alter ego is bad Blair. Like we said, Blair's already been drinking and smoking today. Mm -hmm. Blair shows up at Matt's office. There's a lot of chemistry between Blair and mm -hmm. Matt, even though she's pretending to hate him. And I don't know if something happened between them or if it was just like a collective friend group decision to hate Matt because he was a fuckboy in college. Because listen, this happens. Like when women, when there's a friend group of women that decide to hate you, there is nothing you can do to get out of that. Absolutely not. Once they decided that they hate you, like it's over. Except Matt somehow found his way into Blair's panties previously because she is yeah. super thirsty for a little sip. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, she's like, just <laughs> lock the door. So she sleeps with him in his, in his office. Right. He hands over the wristbands and he's like, oh, he's like, I couldn't score any more VIP. She's like, that was not GA intercourse. Right. And what's funny is that he had already agreed to give them the tickets. Like she didn't yeah. have to sleep with him. She did it because she wanted to. Like, she did it because she wanted to. Yeah. And she's like, I fucking hate you. And he's like, you're the woman of my dreams. <laughs> yes. He does put them on the list for the after party, though. Jenny and Aaron are, you know, they're looking for outfits and stuff. The other thing about breaking up with someone that you've been with for a long time is mm -hmm. that now, anytime you run into people that you both know, which is basically everyone, right? Like at this point, you yeah. share mutual friends all over the place. Everyone she bumps into asks her about Matt and she has to tell them. So it's like she has to relive the breakup every time someone asks asks her about it. So they go to Aaron's quote not girlfriend store. But honestly, like trying on all these clothes just makes her sadder. Yeah, I mean as it does all of us. <laughs> After Aaron and Jenny are done trying on clothes, Aaron and Jenny go back to Jenny's apartment and pass out. Blair gets there and she's like, bitches, get the fuck up. We have to get ready. Yes. So we get to see a getting ready montage, which is to me is so nostalgic. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe we'll have our own little getting ready montage when we go to Taylor Swift concert. I was going to say, if this is not us before the concert where we are pre-gaming and getting ready to music, I don't want it. Right, okay. Right. If we can't hang like that 
before yeah. the concert, then we're going to have to reevaluate some things about our friendship. Like, what are we going to do with your husband? Because your husband's going to be there. Do we just keep him in the tub? Do we just like close the door of the bathroom and just be like, you need to stay in there? Or is he going to be DJ? Uh, he can DJ. He can hang pretty well. Okay. okay. <laughs> he can be, he can refill the drinks. He can make sure that we have the proper ratio of water, food, alcohol before the concert. The get ready montage is so cute because, you know, they're doing their makeup, they're doing their hair, they're putting on their outfits. They go and they're like, you know what? We need snacks for the road, of course. Oh, obviously. Yeah. So they stop at a little bodega to get snacks. Mm-hmm. Jenny hears a sad song. It's Selena, I'm Dreaming of You, is playing overhead. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jenny starts having a flashback to a memory in her relationship. Listen, I think everyone can relate to being personally victimized by the grocery store playlist. Bitch, listen. Like, every now and then, you're just trying to go in there and buy milk and bread and just boom. They hit you with that song that that hits you in the feels. All I wanted was fucking bananas. And now I'm leaving with trauma. Thank you. Now I'm sobbing in the bread aisle, you know? (laughs) Not cool. Erin, you know, who has sort of designated herself as lead babysitter for the night, is like, hey, Blair, why don't you grab the snacks and I'll, you know, we'll go outside. Mm -hmm. But Jenny, she's like, I'm a bad bitch. I can power through this. She's like, no, let it play. They just start singing. It's really cute. They just start singing at the top Mm -hmm. of their lungs. Until the bodega owner is like, can you guys get the fuck out of my store? (laughs) Yeah, he says you're scary by cat. And he points to a cat who's like sleeping in bags of chips. Classic New York experience. No customer service. So you know what? Their plans, they're doing their shit, okay? Right. They get to that concert. They get in. They're having a good time. They're dancing. You know, they're shaking their ass. They're drinking their drinks. Mm -hmm. They're all feeling good. They're drugged up. They're boozed up. And they're hyped up, all right? Then Jenny sees... Nate in the crowd. Yes, Nate is just leaning up against the bar, singing along. To be fair, Nate, the the actor that plays Nate is so cute. He is adorable. I really like him. Yeah. And so obviously Jenny sees him and tells her friends, I'm going to go talk to him. And her friends start begging her, like, please don't, please don't. Like, he Mm -hmm. broke up with you, you know, just let it go. I appreciate Aaron's persistence. Aaron's like, I can't let you do that. But you know what annoys me, though? After leaning on her friends so heavily for the entire day, suddenly Jenny kind of turns on them a little bit. She's like, I don't need a babysitter. I'm sorry, ma'am. What? (laughs) Jenny's like, I am an adult grown woman and I make my own choices. Like, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. And Aaron's like, "Mm, absolutely not. That will not be happening. You're not going anywhere. Jenny tells them, you know what? I have to pee. So they're like, well, come with you. They are totally following her. And like I said, it really annoyed me that Jenny was like, I don't need a babysitter after kind of expecting her friends to drop their whole lives and baby her the whole day. You do kind of need a babysitter, Jenny. Like you kind of do. You know what? You do need a babysitter. Jenny does go into the bathroom, but only to text Nate. Right. And as she's formulating her text message, she drops her phone in the toilet. I don't know what that toilet bowl is made out of, but that phone shatters into like 30 pieces. That toilet bowl is made out of Aaron's willpower. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's made out of unobtainium. I just watched Avatar yesterday. (laughs) I've never seen it. So in this moment where Jenny's standing over this toilet, she has a flashback to the actual breakup. We see the real moment where they broke up. Yeah. So Nate had texted her and said, we need to talk. And she said, OK, I'm coming over. Always a bad sign. I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, your strategy when someone texts you, we need to talk is you should answer back. 
my grandma just died. Answer back with something that's going to buy you a little bit of time. Get a monthly calendar like the type that you put on your desk. And Uh you need to schedule periodic traumatic events so that he always feels too guilty to break up with you. This is a good plan. I love it. Oh, right away when he texts you that you say, my grandmother died. So now you need to plan something else that's going to happen in two weeks. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying kill your grandmother. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, how many times can your grandmother die? Once. (laughs) Okay. Well, you have two grandmothers, like in theory. Yeah. Well, it could also be like this old lady that raised you that he doesn't know about. He Mm -hmm. doesn't know everything about you. It could be your favorite high school teacher. Yes. And you're devastated. She goes over and he's like, this whole thing, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's too much. He says, it's not working. It's heartbreaking because she's sobbing and she's begging him to not break up with her. And he says he doesn't want to. And it's like, well, then, then don't then don't and she's obviously sobbing and she keeps trying to like touch him and kiss him and stuff he just gets up and leaves the room he was a little cold but also i feel like it's boundaries as well Mm -hmm. you know i feel like she was kind of coming on a little strong he also said that they aren't working if you don't want to make it work then you're not going to listen you could fix anything but if you don't want to then you can't yeah one of my favorite quotes i've heard is if it's fragile, let it break. Mm-hmm. How many women do we know that are coddling fragile relationships when it's like, girl, if it's fragile, let it break? Oh my God. I've never heard that before, but I love it. Yeah. After this sort of flashback where we see the breakup happen, Jenny leaves the bathroom. She's walking around the club and she sees Nate on the dance floor and they lock eyes and she mouths, I love you. And he nods. Yeah, it's this really heart-wrenching moment to where these two people who know each other probably better than anyone else knows them, they're strangers now. They're strangers Mm -hmm. on a dance floor. And God, isn't that the worst part of a breakup? Uh, Listen, after they have this moment and she kind of like melds backwards into the crowd, she runs into club promoter Matt. I don't love this part because obviously she just wanted a minute. She goes into like a stairwell or something Mm -hmm. and Matt is there and he's like, hey, I can uh, come with me to the after party. And she says, my phone broke. Like, I can't call my friends. And he's like, listen, I'll text them. I'll let them know you're with me where you're going to be at. Like, everything will be fine. Why can't she just go out there and tell her friends herself? Because they're not going to let her leave and she wants to leave. This made me so... Okay, I get it. Jenny is under the influence. She's heartbroken. She's not thinking straight. But she straight up abandons her friends at this party. That they're at because she wanted to go to. Right, that she dragged them to. Jenny does leave the concert with Matt and goes to the after party. So her friends are outside trying to reach her and they realize her phone is dead. And they have this moment of panic that I would never forgive. Because eventually Mm -hmm. Matt does text them and say, hey, she's with me at the after party. you know come here Mm -hmm. but that moment of panic of your friend disappearing girl especially when they're all drugged up you know they are drunk they are sad and they are on drugs Courtney when you don't answer my messages after like three to four hours I am ready to send a SWAT team to your house because I'm convinced that your husband murdered you I went on a family fun day last week and I like turned my data off 
I didn't answer her for like three hours. And she's like, I'm 10 out of 10 calling the FBI. Like, what the hell? (laughs) I am a murderous husband, worst nightmare, because I am that friend that's going to foil his plans to get away with murder. Because the second I don't hear from you, I am drafting up my 2020 interview in my head. I'm like, you know, I thought he was great. But looking back, there were some red flags. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Like, if anyone's going to kill me, honestly, Frank's pretty low on my list. You know, we were at the Taylor Swift concert and he was just singing, look what you made me do a little too loud. And that was kind of the first red flag to where I was like, who made you do what, Frank? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. On the way from the concert to the after party with Matt, Jenny is seeing all these places in the city where she had all these memories with Nate, you know, piggyback rides and cutesy pictures and kissing and then fights. Mm -hmm. Just you can just see how sad she is. Keeping in mind that Death by a Thousand Cuts by Taylor Swift was inspired by this movie. And there's a part that says trying to find a part of me that you didn't take up. Gave up on me like I was a bad drug. Now I'm searching for signs in a haunted club. Huh, you can tell it was inspired by this movie. Yes, it just fits really well. I feel like we're going to get like the anti-lover album. We're going to get like a everybody dies alone. Yes, girl, it's what we need. Listen, she looks hella hot during these concerts too. What's a better way to get over a breakup than to dress in these Mm -hmm. outfits she's wearing? Dude, there is a bodysuit. I don't know if you've seen it. There's like a one-legged bodysuit. Yes. I just saw a video. Literally, I gasped because she was performing. I think it was I Did Something Bad or something like that. And she gets on the floor on her knees and kind of swings backwards. And then bends all the way backwards. Bends all the way backwards. And I was like, girl, the trust you have in that bodysuit to now reveal your entire coochie. Yeah, because it goes up and she bends back. And first of all, I would have a lip pop out. All right. (laughs) Like just I would have to finish the rest of the song with like a lip just flapping in the wind. Okay. (laughs) Like I could never. Oh, my God. No facts. Um, Facts, facts, facts. Um, Jenny is on her way to this after party. So she's seeing all these scenes. She's having all these flashbacks. And when she gets to the after party, she turns to Matt and she says, I have to go. And he's like, you just got here. Your friends are on the way. She's like, no, no, no. I have to go. And she's like, just when they get here, just tell them that I had to finish it. They'll know what it means. I don't think she knows what it means. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But (laughs) she goes, she gets on the subway and she just starts writing. I don't know if she's writing a song or like a diary entry or Mm -hmm. a poem. And she talks about how she wishes she could have just one more you know, one more kiss, one more breakfast and then lunch and then dinner and then snack so she could feel full and happy before she has to say goodbye. Yeah. And then she's like, but I realize that that can never happen. There can never be just one more. Right. And she says that when things break, you can put them back together, but they didn't just break, that they shattered. Yes. Girl, is that not Taylor Swift? That is Taylor Swift all over. What Jenny does is she goes back to this fountain in the park, which her and Nate had declared their spot. Mm-hmm. He even wrote their initials in a heart with Sharpie on it. Yes. Didn't we say we were going to carve our names on a tree? We have a yeah. lot of things we need to do when we see each other. And we have like less than 24 hours to do it too. Literally, we have like two hours before the concert to have a meet cute, have a montage, then go carve our name on a tree. We have a lot of things we need to do. So her friends, 
book it to the after party only to find out that Jenny already fucking left. She said that she had to finish it. And Aaron's like, God damn it. She's so fucking dramatic. They do decipher what this means and realize where she is. So they're on their way to go meet her at the fountain. And then we see Jenny at the fountain and Nate shows up and he's like, I knew I would find you here. He gives her this speech on how he fucked up big time that they can try to make it work. He'll move to San Francisco with her. They could do the long distance. It's everything she wanted to hear from him. It's her dream come true. Unfortunately, it was all a dream. It was all a dream. Her drunk ass was passed out on the fountain. Yeah. <laughs> her drunk ass passed out on the fountain. Her purse is just on the ground next to her. In New York City, girl, at a park at night. Aaron and Blair find her and are like, how did you not get robbed? I did think it was kind of sweet how like she went to this fountain and I think a part of her probably really did think that Nate might show up because he saw her that mm-hmm. night, you know, and they have this understanding that this fountain is their spot. But Nate didn't show up. Her friends showed up. Jenny admits that she's just really sad. So many things are changing. They're never going to have this again because she's leaving. Because she's moving across the country. That affects her friends too. That's, dude, yeah. that, that's so much harder yeah. to take a friendship long distance than it is to take a relationship long distance. Yeah, especially when they're used to doing so many things together. Right. They're used to being in each other's lives physically. It's hard. Well, yeah, the three friends just kind of walk away. To me, it was a really emotional moment. The fact that she didn't get closure. Yeah, you know? she didn't. And this is real life. Like in any other movie, she would have gotten that final conversation with Nate where she would have gotten to tell him like, I'm heartbroken, but I'm going to be all right or whatever. She didn't mm-hmm. get that because in real life, you don't get closure. Closure is a myth. You no. just got to move on, baby girl. Jenny made her own closure with that poem she wrote. Right. And she's still going to be sad and she's still going to think about it. But I feel like she's kind of put her mind at ease regarding the situation. And you know what else, too? These kind of heartbreaks, these kind of breakups, they are the catalyst for the next version of you. This was her second love. Have you seen The Vang of the Three Loves? No. Your first love is the fairy tale love. It's the love that should have felt right. Mm-hmm. Your second love is the love that hurts. It's the one that you wished was right. And then your third love is the love that you didn't see coming. Okay. All right. Everyone's like, okay, wait, my husband is. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. There's someone else. Honey, I just heard on a podcast we should get divorced. So girl, I kind of have a theory that Taylor Swift is going to enter her whole phase because that's kind of what happens when you leave a long-term relationship. There's a whole phase that naturally happens. I love that for her. Mm-hmm. We need to protect her from Pete Davidson. I don't feel like Pete Davidson's her type. He's a lot of really hot women's type. There's a myth there, right? There's like a myth. There's a legend. The women go, but what is it about him? And then they get sucked into his crazy. He goes to therapy and he takes his meds. So that's a lot more than you can ask for from a lot of other guys. (laughs) That's so true. Can you imagine the crazy ass songs, though, that Taylor Swift would write if she dated Pete Davidson? You taught me how to make microwave bean burritos. (laughs) (laughs) I met your mom and then you made 18 9-11 jokes (laughs) at Thanksgiving. (laughs) It was so awkward. I didn't know what to do. But yeah, girl, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is brewing in on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.